Welcome to Cohen & Company's Chief Insights Podcast, a thought leadership series designed for C-level executives, board members, and other top decision makers. Hello, I'm Hannah Pringler. I lead the state and local tax practice at Cohen & Company. Welcome to this episode of Chief Insights. Today, we are going to talk about the Wayfair decision, specifically how states have been reacting and considerations even beyond compliance your organization may need to contemplate. I'm joined by Sarah Britt, a director in our state and local tax department, who has spent a lot of time tracking the state legislation this past year. She has also been working closely with our clients to manage all these new burdensome reporting requirements created by Wayfair. Thanks, Hannah. I know we recorded a podcast last year shortly after the decision came out, and we really focused on just basic compliance. But so much has changed since then with the way states have reacted to the decision. It's constantly evolving. So we wanted to give uh, an update to everyone on where things stand today. Sarah, as you mentioned, it's been just over a year since the Wayfair Supreme Court decision. Can you provide a little background for those not as familiar what the decision did and how the states have reacted? Yes. The short answer is Wayfair changed sales tax as we know it. Prior to the decision, a company had to have physical presence in a state before that state could require the company to collect sales tax on its behalf. With the decision in Wayfair, that physical presence requirement's been removed. After the decision came out in June of 2018, states acted swiftly to put economic nexus thresholds in place. The economic nexus thresholds impose a sales tax collection responsibility if the out-of-state seller has either a dollar threshold that's exceeded or a transaction threshold that's exceeded. Most states have adopted $100,000 or 200 or more transactions as their threshold. But just how quickly states have acted on this, at the end of 2018, 22 states had these thresholds in effect. By the end of 2019, that number is going to double. And I know you mentioned the $100,000 threshold, but there are states out there that have an even lower threshold, right? There are some states we're looking at $10,000. From a notice and reporting standpoint, yes. Um, From a pure collection, most of the states have $100,000 as the minimum, although there are some outliers, um, as you said, to have notice and reporting at a lower threshold. And even Kansas now has come out with uh, their threshold is basically $1 or one transaction. Oh, wow. The Wayfair decision has really changed the sales tax landscape, as you mentioned. What steps should companies be taking to evaluate how the Wayfair decision impacts their business? Companies need to act, and they need to act now. There are over 35 states that have thresholds currently in effect as of August. Um, And so economic nexus is no longer a prospective issue. There now can be historic liabilities associated with failure to act. Uh, The companies need to review their sales and transaction activity levels to see if they exceed the dollar or transaction threshold. And companies should also review their pre-wafer activities to determine if they had physical presence in the state um, that would have triggered a collection responsibility at that point. And when they look at that, they really need to keep in mind that physical presence did not mean a permanent location or permanent employee in the state. A temporary employee transitory activity through a sales representative, for example, would be sufficient to create physical presence and a collection responsibility. And then after they've gone through this analysis, if a company identifies liability in earlier periods, 
they're going to need to evaluate whether the liability needs to be remediated through a voluntary disclosure program. It is really critical that that evaluation occurs before the company registers in any new states. If the company registers before remediating prior period liabilities, they may no longer be eligible to participate in voluntary disclosure programs. And just to kind of point out one of the items you mentioned, you know, we do see this a lot that when we're looking at Nexus now, we're looking at just the grocery receipts thresholds and have companies surpass those. But um, it it is hard, you know, as you mentioned, physical presence and historic exposure. What's been the threshold out there prior to Wayfair? You know, where have companies got tripped up in the past as far as being caught? From a sales tax perspective, where we're really seeing companies get tripped up is the activities of sales reps, uh, independent contractors acting on their behalf, uh, inventory at warehouses, things like that that companies don't necessarily think of as creating a permanent presence for them in a state. But from a sales tax perspective, that's sufficient to do that. Absolutely. And I think one of the common things I see as well is, you know, when you have an employee and you're submitting payroll to that state, it's very easy now for them to cross-check different tax types and and realize you have a payroll account. Why don't you have a sales tax account and get that Nexus questionnaire? Absolutely. (laughs) The one other area companies should look at as well when evaluating their Nexus and their, you know, whether they need to remediate is looking at their customer exemption certificates. Um, Historically, companies have only collected certificates in the states where they were filing, and that was a pretty common practice. But now with all of these economic nexus thresholds, companies really need to fill in the gaps on those exemption certificates in order to have better documentation for non-taxable sales. Absolutely. That's a best practice these days. Yep. And that's an undertaking. I think uh, a lot of companies don't realize how much effort that can be to get those certificates in place. And it's not only getting the certificates from customers, right? It's making sure they're properly filled out? Are they signed? Did they even give you an exemption certificate? Did they give you something else that's really not what you need? (laughs) The the validation of those certificates is critical because even if you've got a certificate in, if it's not a valid certificate, it won't count and that sale will be taxable. It's great to know. So what are risks to a company that decides to do nothing? Um, It's just not tax compliant at this point, is it? No, it's beyond tax compliance at this point. Um, you know, on the compliance side, if they do nothing, their customer sales tax liability is now going to become theirs. Most states will impose that liability on the vendor, not just the customer. They're really going to go after whoever it's easier to get the tax dollars from. The other area where we're really starting to see some activity with regard to noncompliance now is financial statements. There's a financial statement impact to the Wayfair decision. Companies that exceed the thresholds and have taxable sales in a state, they can no longer rely on they don't have nexus or they don't have any kind of tax liability. Under Wayfair now, it's an actual liability, not a contingency. So this will have an effect on that balance sheet. In companies, they have to document their nexus stances and their nexus positions, uh, their sales tax procedures and potential liabilities in order to have value-added discussions with their auditors. So, yeah, so now it's been a full year. Uh, 2019 is going to be an important year for yes. financial statement purposes. Absolutely. And in having that, going through that analysis prior to meeting with your audit team is just going to make that discussion a lot easier. Absolutely. The other area we're seeing now is with M&A. Uh, Wayfair's coming into a lot of mergers and acquisitions. It's becoming a consideration. 
Uh, this is something you know, we've seen a lot recently with due diligence projects we've worked on where sales taxes become a major issue in these uh, transactions. And if you've not done anything to remediate or address your liabilities prior to sale, it could result in purchase price adjustments. Absolutely. And even the deals where we see that reps and warranties insurance is secured, you know, these companies are looking very hard at sales and use tax. Yes, they are. In addition to Wayfair legislation, one of the other areas states are now addressing is related to companies that sell online through marketplaces. Uh, What do these types of companies need to be concerned with regarding recent state legislation? Well, the rules for sellers using online marketplaces such as Amazon uh, can be tricky, and this is an area that has definitely evolved since the decision first came out. Uh, Most states, but not all, have enacted economic nexus thresholds that would require the marketplace facilitator, uh, so an example, Amazon, to actually collect and remit the sales tax on behalf of the sellers. This is good news for small businesses that really don't have the resources to comply with the new Wayfair rules, but there's a timing issue. So a lot of these economic nexus thresholds have been in place for months and a lot of the marketplace facilitator rules don't go into effect until later this year. So because of that timing issue, if an online seller exceeded the dollar threshold, they could be on that hook for that gap period between when economic nexus went into effect and when the marketplace facilitator rules will become effective. Another challenge is if the companies make sales directly from their website as well, in addition to making sales through an online marketplace, States really vary on what types of sales need to be included when you're determining whether you've exceeded a threshold or not. Some states will say you exclude your sales through an online marketplace. Other states say you need to include them when determining if you've exceeded that threshold. And knowing, too, if you're going to be up for sale very soon, this is a really important matter to get in front of because a buyer is going to come in and they are going to look very harshly at your procedures. Yes, they are. And, And being proactive in addressing these types of issues before you even have gotten to the point where you're going up for sale, it becomes a non-issue or at least an insignificant issue under due diligence most of the time. But the key really is to be proactive in looking at your processes. No, that's a great point. I think if you're able to show as a company we've looked at this and we've, you know, we've identified those material issues and, and we've, we've addressed them, I do think a buyer is going to much quickly, more more quickly move on. I agree. (laughs) I agree. Sarah, can you talk a little bit about the information and reporting requirements? It's an area that I find is often overlooked and has created some interesting issues during M&A diligence for us. Yes. So prior to the Wayfair decision, several states enacted notice and reporting requirements, some going into effect as early as July of 2017. And what these notice and reporting requirements did was require an out-of-state seller who was not currently collecting sales tax to provide a notice to their customers on invoices and on their platform saying use tax may be due. And then annually, they had to provide a report to each customer of everything they purchased that could potentially be subject to use tax. And more importantly, they had to provide a list of their customers to the State Departments of Revenue. So you were essentially giving the State Departments of Revenue their audit lists. Fortunately, not many of the states went down that path, largely because the Wayfair decision happened. Uh, I think if 
the Wayfair decision hadn't happened, we probably would be seeing a lot of activity in the notice and reporting area as opposed to the economic nexus. But what we're finding is companies will look at their sales, they'll look at their transactions and say, did I meet a nexus threshold for economic nexus? But what they're failing to do is go back and say, did I also meet the notice and reporting requirements that didn't require physical presence because basically the states came back and said, this isn't a tax, this is just simply a reporting requirement, so Quill never applied. Yeah, and I think it's a lot, a very hard concept for clients to wrap their heads around, right? Because they are not doing anything in that state, yet they've exceeded a very, very low threshold of sales in that state. And they're then supposed to go file all these forms with the state, file these forms with their customers. Um, it's just a lot of work when y- you really haven't been doing much in the state as it is. That's true. And a lot of these notice and reporting requirements also gave companies the election to collect sales tax as right. opposed to do the notice and reporting. And not surprisingly, a lot of them opted to take advantage of that election and just started collecting ahead of time. Yeah, and I think that was um, that was really their goal, right? The goal yes. was they do not want all this paper with, with customer names. They really want you to just give up that the penalties are so high that you'll just give up and collect sales tax. Absolutely. The, the penalties for noncompliance with notice and reporting can far exceed any kind of sales tax liability. And that's what I've seen as well. But it is an interesting issue upon diligence, right, because companies haven't considered it, and these penalties are real. And we do have to address them. We have to quantify them. And then also figure out, do the states have programs that we can get compliant? Will they abate these penalties? And I think, I don't know what you've seen, but what I've seen has been, you know, not all the states have really thought through that. <laughs> You're right. They haven't. Um, it's it's not a tax. So the traditional voluntary disclosure programs don't necessarily apply. I think what I've been finding recently is states are willing to work with you if you're willing to come forward and be compliant. But that being compliant means you might be writing a check for sales tax. Yep. So what other changes are potentially on the horizon related to Wayfair? How far could this decision possibly reach? I think states are going to continue to push the envelope, uh, watch for changes in non-sales tax areas, mainly income taxes. States have been slower to broaden the reach of Wayfair into income taxes, but it is coming. And the other thing companies really need to keep in mind is when the Wayfair decision first came out and as all the economic nexus thresholds were put into place last year, most state legislatures weren't in session. These were department and administrative actions that created these thresholds that were then later codified when states went back in session. But what departments of revenue are doing are using current rules of just what does doing business mean and extending that as far as they possibly can. But I do expect we're going to start seeing legislation in this area expanding Wayfair into other income taxes, especially, um, you know, for example, Texas just recently released uh, amendments to one of its regulations that would impose its economic nexus threshold for sales tax also on the margin tax. And we do see this somewhat right on the income tax side around um, gross receipts thresholds. It's very common, like yes. a California, a Michigan. Once you exceed a certain dollar amount of sales in that state, um, you technically have some type of nexus. It could be a franchise tax 
or perhaps it's a filing requirement saying you're still protected under Public Law 86272, but it is very common in the income tax world these days as well. Absolutely. The factor present standard. I think the nice thing you might see with this, though, is you might start having consistent standards between different tax types within a state because right now, you know, California, for example, has one threshold for sales tax and a different one for their franchise tax. Hopefully the states will start marrying those two up, that it'll be a lot easier for companies to know when they've exceeded a threshold. That's a really great point. We've covered some really interesting points to help owners understand the impact of the Wayfair decision on their business. What is the one takeaway you hope listeners will leave with today? That companies need to act now. The time for waiting is over. The longer a company waits to address this and evaluate what their activities are, it just increases the risk that their customer sales tax liability is going to become their own. I mean, and it, it's not a difficult analysis to look at your sales by state reports and your transactions and say, where do I have more than $100,000 is kind of a first pass. So it's something companies can do um, and then reach out to tax advisors to help them when they determine, yes, I've exceeded a threshold. What do I need to do now? Yeah, I think determining nexus has become the easy part now, right? And then now in the analysis Uh, The hard part now is how do we get compliant? Right. And and how much is this going to cost, right, to implement these procedures? Or how much effort is going to make, even if there isn't a high cost? There's definitely an effort. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sarah, thanks for all your insight on this topic that will impact every multi-state business. That will wrap up today's podcast. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you to everyone who joined us today. Have a great day. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Chief Insights. Subscribe to this podcast series at cohencpa.com slash podcasts. To gain more insights that may impact you, visit us at cohencpa.com slash impact. Cohen & Company is not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Information contained in this podcast is considered accurate as of the date of recording. Any action based on information in this podcast should only be taken after a detailed review of the specific facts, circumstances, and current law.